When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. All right. Well, welcome back, everyone. Bree and I are joined by some very special guests today the dynamic casting duo, Danielle and Amber. Thank you two so much for taking the time to talk to us today. We're so excited. Oh my God, we're so happy to be here and talk about one of our favorite shows ever. It's a good one. Yes, we kind yeah, of enjoy a it a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> I love the name of your podcast, by the way. That's very clever. Thank you. Yeah. I have to interrupt real quick. Oh no. Because this interview is not going to be Big Witch Energy. This is oh. actually going to be Big Gay Energy. <laughs> Because we're rebranding okay. September 1st. Make a note to tell people that in the beginning. Okay. <laughs> hey, Caitlin, tell people that in the beginning. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's a lot I have to write down to remember to tell people. There's a lot going on. Okay, bye. <laughs> I'm leaving this in the podcast just so you know. On that, on that note, it's, while Amber and I are business partners and, and to some extent life partners, we are not big gay partners. Yeah. <laughs> we, hey. we love we love everyone. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Okay. So first question, how did you both get started in casting? Um, I know. I was just telling them how we sometimes tell each other stories, but we don't have to do that. Um, I got started in casting because I thought I wanted to be an actor. And then in high school, we, my drama teacher did an on-camera class day and we watched back the scenes we did the class before and I was like, no, that's that's not good and I don't want to ever be on camera ever again. So, Fair um, enough. Yeah, so then I just kind of had in my back of my mind, like, I think my dream job would be a, cast, be a casting director because you get to work with actors but you never have to be on camera except right now. And, um, and then through a very large chain of events, um, I decided to try to, it's a longer story, but I got into casting and, um, and then moved to LA. I was in New York and then I moved to LA and um, worked for somebody, which is how I met Amber. And we, um, our very first movie was an, our very first project together was an independent film that um, we basically got paid hugs and coffee and um, it wound up getting into Sundance. And so it was a, it was a pretty, it was a pretty big deal. And we were also kind of misled in that we thought maybe every independent movie goes, gets to Sundance and that is not the case. Um, and then, yeah, so we started our company in 2010 and we've been going strong ever since. Yes, just had to unmute myself. Uh, yes, that is, that is true, her story. And um, mine's a little different. I used to love watching Full House, like the original Full House. And I would notice like a kid sitting in the classroom in one episode of Full House. And then like, I'd be watching the Cosby show later that night and see like that same actor, but to in a totally different age and whatnot. So I was really always interested in guest stars and co-star characters from a young age, not knowing what that really was. And uh, my senior year of film school, I nominated myself to be the casting director and nobody voted for me. Aww. And they wanted me to be a producer. Yeah, so, but I ended up being the one on the street, like trying to get people to come into our fake nightclub scene. And I ended up doing a lot of like the casting recruiting to find like people to be in our movies that we shot mostly in my parents' garage. And um, <laughs> my mom was actually in it. She was like a, a boardroom lady. <laughs> talking about the affairs of the world. Um, so it was really ridiculous. But I, um, when I first moved to LA, I worked in development and I would hear casting directors on the phone call and like pitch. Uh, the company I worked at was a management company and also a development company. And so everyone's small casting directors would call and I was really interested in what they did. And um, I started working at, um, 
a casting office where Daniel and I met. Um, gosh, in like, what year was I? I moved to LA in 2001, um, right when I graduated from college. So I don't know when, when, what year we actually met. But um, the second I met her, I was like, she's smart and funny and awesome and way cooler than me. And I'm like, one day we have to work together. We were both casting associates on a project um, that had a little magic to it. It was about vampires and it was on Friday nights on CBS. It was called Moonlight. And um, Twilight. Yeah, that's what it was called Twilight. Yeah. They had to change the name. Oh no, it was called Moonlight. Just, they changed the name from Twilight. Moonlight. Right. The Twilight movie had just come out like right around the same time. But it was Moonlight. It was about um, a vampire who, you know, was saving the world like they all do. And um, yeah, and that's how Danielle and I met. And then we, when the opportunity came up, do you want to tell our, our story about how we actually got together? The one. When you went to go interview, well, you were going to, you were going to go work on The Sitter. Oh, so I was going to go work on this movie called The Sitter. Um, and I was working for another casting director who's a, a very big casting director now. And uh, we wound up not continuing on this job. I was supposed to go to New York and do all the casting out of New York. And we, we wound up not finishing the job and she felt really bad. So then she gave me this independent movie script. She's like, I'm not going to cast this, but you should go meet them. And, um, and that was the movie that wound up getting into Sundance. Yeah. Nice. Yes, and the rest is history. We, um, but the first time working together too it was really awesome. We um, we had we shared a desk. We rented a desk that was like the size I'm sitting at from our former bosses, and we did like three movies within a couple months, like wow, back to back. And then someone was like, you know, you should really um, think about like build it, and they will come. Like, go rent your own office. So we sat so close to each other that we could hold hands. Like that's how close she was to me in the. <laughs> We were like in this little side offshoot of an office from like the 30s or 40s. This building was really old. And um, we had a little balcony we could go out onto for fresh air. And then as we grew, we got more and more space. But the little man that rented us the room was like, how much can you afford? We're like, we can't afford anything. Like, we don't have any money. Nobody pays us. And um, he said that the, the door, the room was 636 was our office suite. And he goes, that's how much you pay. And so we were like, done. We will pay six hundred and thirty. We shared a we shared a BlackBerry. Um, we had a BlackBerry. Danielle and I shared one BlackBerry, one BlackBerry phone number, and we stole the internet from our neighbors. We told them we didn't have any money. Give us free internet. Um, yeah, so that we really, and then it just kept growing from there. And yeah, we've done over fifty movies together now, and over twenty five television series, and. Yeah, we won an Emmy last year. Crazy. Never thought that would happen. Amazing. Yeah. So Congratulations. Been, thank you. And I feel so lucky in our partnership that um, I get to work with my best friend. So it's it's just the coolest, most awesome feeling. And we're different. So we both bring different things to the table, um, which it's it's so great. I always, I always say Amber is like the Disney princess. Like if you've ever met a real life Disney princess, I, I, I never had before. Because I'm from the East Coast and we don't have that there. <laughs> we're, just, we're just bred differently, right? So I met Amber. I'm like, nobody can be this positive for real. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. And I'm the villain, you know. She's, she's Cinderella and I'm yeah. the far, basically. <laughs> That's how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> you cast yourself, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe I switch it or switch off. Sometimes Ursula. Yeah, well, we play. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Like on a blind date, on a blind date, I let the person like pick me up, like from my apartment. Girl. And Danielle's like, no, everyone's in there. Everyone's in there. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So she picked me up. Yeah. She did write my dating profile, how I ended up meeting my husband, too. Which is hey. Cool. She's a great woman. Everyone needs a Danielle in there. Oh, everyone needs an Amber. Oh, my God. No. You might get murdered. If I <laughs> we don't want that. We would prefer that not to happen. Thank you. <laughs> not yet, anyway. This isn't a crime podcast, right? We're not doing a crime podcast. Not yet. Which Listen, we, we could. <laughs> uh, How'd you guys become fans of Motherland? Oh, good question. I mean, I just saw like commercials for it and I was like, oh, a show about witches and a bunch of women. I've never seen that before. And then just 
got completely immersed in the show and just the way Elliot builds everything. It's just, it's like Game of Thrones, but about witches and it's mostly a female cast, which is, I found super appealing and novel I had never seen before. And that just like drew me in. Elliot is a genius. He, I mean, from the get go, we were like, shit, my husband's trying to call. We were, um, we were just so drawn in because he has this world in his head and like any question we had, cause we're like good about like continuity and stuff. And if there's a, if, like how did, what is the backstory of this character? He had every answer to any question we had. It was, it was pretty remarkable. It was, it was so impressive how he, it was a full world. He created a completely, like you said, like a Game of Thrones and the witch military aspect I thought was brilliant. Exactly. Cause that's, I saw the, I saw the commercials and everything, it ticked every single box that was like, oh, hi, hi, it's my dream show. So, (laughs) so, cause like, like Theora said, it had like the world building, it had, you know, but it was still relevant to modern um, America. And then you had the military aspect and the more diverse cast. So, it's pretty much yeah we loved it it's funny when we got our our avail checked for the show when um we were really very busy at the time and freeform had called us to be like hey we have this pilot we think you got you guys would like it and i was like i don't know if we're really available i'm like unless it's really cool and they were like it's definitely really cool and uh gary sanchez productions is doing it and i've been dying to work with them it's now a defunct company but it was adam mckay and, and will ferrell so we were like, yes, we 100% want to meet on that. And we met with Kevin Messick and, and, and Maeve, who's the co-producer. And we were just like, whatever we need to do, we need to do this project. It is, as soon as we read the script, we were like, this is too cool. Absolutely. I'm so glad you, you guys had that feeling too when you are like starting the project. Because like you said, off mic, I guess you guys are involved like upfront really with the projects. So like when you got the gig to work on motherland like how did you like what does the casting process kind of entail like once you've got the project like how did you kind of like dive into the casting remember when we went to interview danielle that we almost walked into oprah's office do you remember <laughs> i don't remember that we went to go meet on this we went to go meet kevin messick remember yeah. and we, it was next to i get oprah i oh, guess has, right. had like Big suburban, like parked outside of this office. It looked like the Secret Service, and and we walked. And the directions to the office was like we were supposed to go. We were on a studio lot, and then like up these stairs. But we walk in, and it was like Oprah's office. <laughs> it was like her her secretary sitting there, and she was like, "You're in the wrong place." We're like, back <laughs> <laughs> that right? Yeah. Studio lot. Studio lots to me are like college campuses. I will never ever be able to navigate them properly. Like I will never find my way around easily. Um, so yeah, the casting process for the pilot was awesome because these characters were so strong and they were so clear that we we were, it was very interesting because this is many years ago. This was before like Zoom was even a thing or, mm-hmm. um, but we always in our casting process, we always try to cast a wide net. And because this was shooting in Vancouver, we're able to hire people from Commonwealth countries we had also cast the hundred, which um, had a bunch of Australians and a bunch of people from all over. So we were kind of used to that, and um, and so we we far and wide we were looking for people. And the way it works is we audition as many people as we can. We send a few selects to the producers, and then they send their top. We then all collectively we send our the very top favorites to the network, and that's usually like a top two or three at the max. And um, and so we brought our top two for every role. And the way it panned out, not a single person was from LA that we brought to, to that test, that network test. Um, and we only had one choice for Tally for a really long time. And right before the test, Jessica Sutton's tape came in from South Africa. And we were like, we, there, we have to include her. I don't care what anybody says. This is, we have to include her. And, and the other actress was a fantastic actress also, but Jessica has this like vivacious 
quality that was so innately tally that was so it was like an amber quality where you're just like drawn to that person and very positive and happy and um and also with the with the strong with a strong spine so um we wound up casting her off tape off of her um her audition tape maybe we skyped with her i don't remember in the final test but yeah she got the job off of the tape um from south africa and um and all of the other girls, it was very like, once we got there, it was all very clear, um, except for Abigail, because we wound up casting somebody else. And then once they shot the whole pilot, they, um, the network decided to recast Abigail. So then it was a whole other search when, when it got picked up. Interesting. Yeah. Well, props yeah. to Jess for being a walking exclamation point. Yeah, exactly. That was exactly the description. I love that you knew that. Um, and, and it was really interesting for Scylla. Um, it, that one was so hard because you needed to, she was a villain, but you love her. Um, and, and it was also like unclear if she's the big bad or Alder is the big bad. Like they were both kind of different types of big bad. Um, and Scylla, so um, Amalia, her manager was like, I have this amazing girl from Norway. And we're like, we can't, we literally can't fly somebody in from Norway. Um, and, she, and I was like, send the tape, we'll see. And she was phenomenal. I'm like, this girl's a star. I'm like, I don't know what to do because they're not going to let us fly somebody from Norway. And the manager's like, she's going to be in LA anyway. And <laughs> which, which that manager speak for, she'll make herself get to mm -hmm. LA. Exactly. Right? Um, and I'm so glad. I mean, she, she bet on herself and she won. She just, just slayed it in the room. And I know it's interesting. The two, uh, one of my favorite visuals from the, from the, the network test was Anacostia. We had, um, we had the two, we had Demetria and we had the other actress and the other actress came in full military, like very, um, very strong military. And Demetria came in in like a, a like tube top with a long cape thing and, and like spandex, like she with this like Diana Ross kind of power. Uh -huh. And it was just undeniable. We were all like, oh my God. And she was also performing in, in St. Louis in this play. Like it everybody was like from somewhere else and, and in the middle of doing something big. And it was, it was a very cool cast to get to put together. And Lynn Renee, who plays Sarah Alder, she was another one. We, we almost had Hannah Waddingham, who you might know from uh, Ted Lasso. Um, she was, she, we were fighting to her and they weren't able to bring in somebody from the UK. Lynn Renee is from Europe, but she was stateside. And, and we were like, if she makes herself a, a local hire from the US, then we, then we can consider her. But then we almost lost her second season and Freeform was like, we ain't losing her. We're going to no. make this happen. No. <laughs> you, can't. you can't replace her. She's so no. amazing. And when we first saw that first clip footage of her speech, it was like bone chilling from the pilot. It was just like, you, you have to just stomp your feet. You're like, you, all of a sudden you become one of the soldiers watching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was a, it was a very, it was, it was a lot of pressure, but a very fun, very cool casting process. It sounds like it. Yeah. I'm, I'm like getting all excited just hearing about it. Yeah. And recasting Ashley, um, like Daniel talked a little bit about that, but it was, I'd known her since she was like 12 in Texas um, during the writer strike in 07, 08. I met her like right around that time. I introduced her to her very first talent manager as well, um, who she's still with, a guy named Andrew Edwards, who I went to high school with. Oh. <laughs> it's how and I knew each other, but I knew Ashley from during the writer strike. I came back to Texas where my parents were and um, spent some time working with young actors is when I first met her. And um, when I got very, very sick, actually, at the first pilot part of this casting, darn tumor, cancer, crap, came like rearing its head back. So I actually didn't get to participate in the end of the pilot casting. Um, but when it was recast, I was out of the hospital doing awesome. And so it was really cool to be able to to advocate for her and be a cheerleader for Ashley because I, I know her so well. And I could say she has innate qualities that are in real life that are similar to this role. And um, so it was really cool to be to be able to speak to her personally, like to speak to Elliot and the team, you know, personally saying, hey, this is what if you're not seeing something, it's there. Um, what was really cool is she had auditioned for remember a Game of Thrones spinoff between coming in for us and this. And our team didn't quite see her as that uh, fierce, badass 
maybe thing the first time, but she'd had a year of life experience, um, started even like dating someone, I think too, during that time. And when she auditioned for the Game of Thrones thing, he said, oh, here's a top secret tape, you know, don't show it to anyone. And we watched it and then we were like, oh, wow, she's a badass. This is awesome. And um, our team was like, yes, we have to revisit her. So it was cool to see that. That is cool. I have to tell another casting story. So when we <laughs> in season, when, we, when Elliot wrote Adil, the character of Adil, he calls us and he's like, okay, so I'm looking for a Mongolian Leonardo DiCaprio. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Okay. Cool. <laughs> sure. We've got one of those in size large. We'll just. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I love a challenge, but I need to, I need to uh, set expectations. Um, and we brought him all of these very cool, very interesting guys. Tiffany Mack, our, our local uh, casting director in Vancouver, actually is the one who found our Adil, Tony Giroux. Um and he was just one of those, like, he was such a cool cat from the get-go. He's like, Adil had these um, earnest qualities about him. He was very earnest and and worldly and smart. And, and um, Tony just had all of that from the, from the jump. Um, so that was, we were like, oh, my God, she, she, found, she found one. <laughs> this is amazing. But that one was a major joint effort. There was a few along the way that were, um, like, like the character of M, S, Holden, Holden Moser. I mean, Tiffany found them and was, uh, we were just blown away. Look no further. This is your person. This is, it, it was just such an amazing um, audition. But then once we got Adil, we had to cast Kalita, his sister, and we had to find, and, and Amber was reminding me that um, we had read her for another project. And we were just like, this is your, and again, not in LA, she's from Mississippi. Um, <laughs> we were like, this is, it was such a hard role because she's, so wise and we needed a child to play so wise and she just pulled yeah. it off flawlessly she was in LA because she had been she was flying in for like a really big chemistry test with a really big actor like Julia Roberts or someone like huge and her acting coach drove her to our casting office on Larchmont and because she needed a ride over there because they didn't have a car because they were visiting from Mississippi and I remember reading her being like, whoa, you're such an old soul. It's such." She was like eight, eight, nine years old at the time. So when this role came up, she was at like the front of our minds to be like, oh, we know who this is. Yeah. She doesn't live here, but she's in Mississippi. And um, my goodness, she's great. It's been really cool to see her grow up too. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Like, because she's so impressive in that role. Um, and we, mm -hmm. we actually just spoke with, um, the creators of Minashe, the the language in the oh, show. Awesome. And Jesse Sam's mentioned that she was super impressed with the grasp that um, uh, that Kylie had speaking Minashe. So it's just uh, kind of reflects what you said. She's just she does give off that quality just in general. Like even like behind the scenes photos, you could just kind of. Right, it radiates off of her, so yeah. it's really cool to hear that that's why you guys were drawn to her. Yeah, and the, that mother tongue is. We actually tried to to see if if we needed to put it into the into the audition, but it's so hard. And we've experienced that when we cast the hundred, where they had their own language as well, and um, and we would have we we would send out auditions in the in the grounder language of phonetically how everything is and with the audio component and and it reached a point where i'm like now i'm fluent in this language and <laughs> i'm auditioning all these people but it, if you have like a knack for languages you could pick it up if you don't it's impossible mm -hmm. yeah that's fair who's your favorite character that we've cast yeah okay i'm a silla simp End of story. It's always that's like I mean, what's not to love though? I mean, Scylla is just the coolest. Well, it's like if you it's like you start off with the whole like, is she evil, is she not evil? But then there's just so many layers to the character, and mm -hmm. that could have easily not come through well, but Amalia yeah. in general <laughs> yeah. brought all of those layers in in every single scene and it, like the season one 
uh, episode where she's in the the dungeon being tortured like that. If you come away from that scene unaffected, I'm not sure you're human. Yeah, with her screaming, I, I agree. I totally agree. That's awesome. What about you, Theora? So, my favorite character. I actually have a question about my favorite character for you guys because my favorite character is Nick Batan, and Nicta had two Ooh. actresses, Arlen and Candace. So I'm kind of curious. I just mm-hmm. love her because she's just snarky and just, I don't know. I love her. And just the two actresses just embodied Nicta so well. I would love a spinoff of like War College, though. Like just a Yeah, spin-off. for yeah. sure. Or a yeah. spinoff of The Session. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. I, I mean, can we have like The Session and the Matrifocal Compound? Because I'm yes. really curious about that as well. Oh, my God. You're so right on. I would love that. Like just go to Sacramento and, mm-hmm. and, and see that world. I feel like it's a little bit like Wonder Woman, like the beginning of Wonder Woman when they're in that like magical land, except yeah. without all the action maybe. Yeah, like the book club episode from season three, that was, it was such a good episode where you got to go in and meet and actually see May in situations where she wasn't fighting with Tally, yeah. which is really good. I know there, there. That was such a that was such a big part of the pilot that relationship and and Tally's defiance because it was like her the first time she ever really did stand up for herself in in the biggest way ever. <laughs> and then it was just big role reversal in yeah. season three. I loved it. What's your favorite character, Caitlin? You didn't tell us. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about her favorite character. <laughs> You already did. We just Aww. did. Tally. Oh, <laughs> I love Tally. And then Jess is the sweetest person in the world. I just did a Zoom with her about a year ago, just the two of us. And she's just an amazing I person. was on it for like 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> How did she's you like, Listen, I, I was there. It's just Jess. I was, I was Jess in Michigan, but I was there. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, right, right. That's right. But then we ended up staying on for a, a minute. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. usually right. how it goes. It's the two Disney princesses. Yeah. They just could talk forever. They could, they could go on. Yeah. I'd like to see that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, just, it's great. I, I recommend talking to her, yes. Um, <laughs> but anyway, do you have to work with agents a lot and like do they ever get in the way when you're trying to cast? Yeah, yes. I mean, we, we work almost, I, wanna, I don't want to say exclusively, but we a lot of our businesses, agents and managers pitching to us and submitting uh, their their talent to us. And um, we also will, we've done a lot of more recently, some searches for some very specific type of casting where we've had to reach out far and wide to groups all over. We um, needed to find a little boy that had one leg for the lead of an Apple series. Um, so that there were, there were like are no actors that are like 11 that have one leg. So we had to do a massive search for that. Um, but barring those kind of very specific searches, yes, we do. We work with agents and managers all the time. Sometimes they're like, most of the time they're extremely helpful. Um, but sometimes, yeah, sometimes they get in the way. Yes. Fair enough. We've experienced that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, In in different ways. (laughs) Yeah. We always like, we're kind of gatekeepers in one way, and they're also major gatekeepers on their side of the fence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about access. Yeah. But, um, but we're also, we like to think of ourselves as cheerleaders because, like, we're, we're rooting for actors and, yeah. Um, we want to, we, we, we're, Amber always says we're put on this earth to help each other. So. Okay. I have a, here's a, here's a motherland casting question for you. And I think this is one that everyone w- would kind of want to know. Well, a lot of people, I'll put it that way. So what was it like casting Rail and Scylla? Because Taylor mentioned that Amalia threw her off in the chemistry read. And that's why she thinks she got the part. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. I mean, they were both front runners going in, so mm-hmm. I don't know if she, it would have had to be real bad chemistry for them to not get the part. Um, 
but the chemistry is so obviously so important with that role. Um, it, I, I don't remember any kind of flubs or anything like that, but Amalia, you know, English is her second language. So there could also be a little bit of like a language barrier in that, in that aspect. Well, she said that she had practiced it with a friend because her friend had auditioned as well and that they had like gone through all of it together. And so she was kind of used to it that way, but that first of all, Amalia's presence and the, and her eyes like threw Taylor off, like in yeah. like, Oh my God, this is a person that I would, you know, woo, and yeah. I'd like to get to know her as a person in general, just because she has that magnetism. And then she talked about how the way that Amalia read threw her off in a way where she was, she thought she was supposed to be coming into it as like rail as a conf kind of confident, kind of smooth, but it's like threw her off in that, like she kept her guessing and she felt like she had tanked the audition. But that kind of keeping, <laughs> that kind of keeping you guessing is, is where the gold lives. Like it is where the good stuff is. And it's, it's one of those, it's one of those auditioning tricks. Amber teaches a lot. She teaches young folks and she tries to tell them like, read the scene in your own words first and practice it in your own words and then put the writer's words in. And so that way it helps you understand the scene. And also like, then you're used to being thrown off. Like you're used to like having a little bit of, um, of, of a different kind of way. I always tell actors to audition, the, like to practice the other side of the scene so that you know what you should be making someone feel um, and what kind of emotions you're putting out there. But um, but yeah, the the throwing the throwing off like that's kind of like the beauty of not doing a, a practice session. Have you guys ever seen the audition tapes from? Mm -mm. from the no, you have them. <laughs> yeah, we have. <laughs> we would give like f we would give phalanges to see that. Phalanges. I um I work with a lot of young actors, like help them like during the pandemic figure out how to put themselves on tape and audition on Zoom and. There's a lot of things on Zoom that um, are different than auditioning in person in real life. And um, I'll use like sides from Motherland because they're really good scenes. And I sometimes I'll show the kids at the end of class and be like, hey, you know, like this, you guys did a great job at the scene, but do you want to see what the scene looked like, the person that we actually cast? And I'll just like share my screen sometimes and be like, here's a scene, you know, and I'm not like recording it or anything, but it's interesting because everyone brings something different to a role. Like they bring their life experience. Like if like Mickey Mouse were to pop on here right now and like be our special guest, we would all feel differently about that. I'd be like, Oh my God, that's so cool. He speaks. And one of you might be like, that's weird. And so I always tell actors yes. that based on your life experience, I would assume he's here to murder us. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, everyone would react differently. And so I always tell actors, you have to put yourself in that situation and be like, if I was in this, what would I do? And all of you bring something different to it. So to Danielle's point of putting actors in there that haven't been together, there's like a, a, a magic, like an actual magic that happens that people have chemistry in real life or on Zoom. And you can tell right away if people would be friends in real life sometimes. They have that. Um, it's just conversation is easy. And during the audition process, we don't just have them do the sides. We also chat with them, have them chat with each other, especially now on Zoom. Oftentimes we'll have the actors do the scene and then we'll have them do just a chat with each other, just talk about whatever. And then sometimes we'll have them do like an improv, like tell us, um, you know, there, there's a scene that's not written in the pilot. Maybe it's in like the end of season one, but we want to see what that breakup looks like or what that big revelation, whatever it is. And we'll have them just like improv that scene. And you can tell a lot about how people will be together, even though everything's on Zoom right now. So, because in person, um, they'd be able to like reach out and like touch each other, push each other or mm -hmm. something, um, physical touch. But now we haven't, auditioned anyone in person since March of 2020. Yikes. Wow. And we love audition scenes, like whenever we catch it in a series. And sometimes you could tell, even a series you don't work on, you could kind of tell like, oh, that was um, Do you get it's tired cool. of it's hearing cool. the same audition scenes over and over? If it's bad, like if they're, if they're <laughs> bad, then, then yes. But what's, what's awesome is because sometimes we'll read like literally a thousand people for a role. And that's when you know when somebody's it, like somebody's got it is when you've seen it a thousand times and they're like making you laugh or making you feel or making you sit up straight and pay attention. 
that's where that's where like the, the special See, that's what interested me about that that chemistry read with them was just hearing how they both talked about it and the different perspectives they had and it's like you always want to see the magic moment where or the magic moments where it's like okay yeah those two mm-hmm. there was this moment we cast a show for networks netflix called on my block and there was a moment where the two guys that are played that play brothers in the uh, they were in the test and we're filming everything and they're doing their scene and the older brother grabs the younger brother and they do they do this like forehead butt that like just came so nat- it wasn't it wasn't in the script it wasn't practiced like that it just came so naturally to them and all of us got goosebumps and ha- we all like kind of tried to hold in our like squeal of like this is it this is exactly what we mm. have been looking for um, and it's still to this day, any like whenever we talk to those producers, we're like the headbutt. That's oh amazing. God. Those that are like such a good feeling, like when you're mm-hmm. like this is the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Was there anything you were disappointed in casting? Like you were like, oh, I didn't see that role like that, or oh, this guy, or anything. No, you know, no, like that was the thing. No. That's the thing about Motherland. <laughs> like for us, is the the show had such. It felt like it was the the perfect storm, in that you had the perfect people in the right place at the right time for it to come together and the chemistry as a whole. Like every single person that we spoken to, whether they be cast or crew who were on set every single one said it was like their favorite project that they've worked on and that everyone was amazing. And, and uh, like at one point even, and they've been so involved with the fandom in general interacting, even to the point where Mm -hmm. like our little fan group at one point made these Valentine's for Valentine's day and the, uh, with all the characters and the, some people from wardrobe asked if they could, print them out and give them to the to the actors in appreciation How sweet. because it that. was like yeah yeah so um it was the morgan coven thing me and amber made all the valentines and <clears throat> i'm not sure if it wasn't tracy it was somebody in in wardrobe that asked if they could print them out and so all the actors got their characters valentine or That's one of cute. them that's awesome. And big props to wardrobe, man. Those uniforms are just amazing. Yeah. We, we have loved so every. Yeah, go, sorry, go. No, no, you go, Theora. No, Theora, go. Theora, go. I was gonna say we've heard from so many actors like that. Like a big part of them getting into character was like the uniforms that they wore, and it's just like they're like we could even do our stunts in them, and they were just they're perfect, and so. Yeah, like literally everybody who worked on this show like really put their heart and soul into it. And from a casting perspective, we even enjoyed the characters we're supposed to hate. Like we've talked to Bob who plays Um, Albin and like everybody's just so perfect for their roles. He's uh, so good. good. He he is. He he is so like he was he actually read for another. I'm sure he told you he read for a different role first. And we were like, no, we got to save him. This is going to be a bigger (sighs) role in series. And I'm so glad everybody saw the same thing. He was he was so rad. Even like witch witch father, <laughs> Nick Terabay who played witch father. Like all those like one off roles that that just played so cool and feel so authentic. They do. You remember I every single. I remember all like okay, but there's there's one this season that just came up that I am absolutely in love with, and it's Thelma uh, Bear Killer. Oh yes. Olivia. Oh yeah, yeah. She was that was a Tiffany find. I mean, I'm telling you, you guys gonna have to get Tiffany Mack on. She's a brilliant, brilliant casting director, and she just has these gems. And it'll be she'll like send a link, and they'll be like, "No, go deeper." She'll just be like, "This is Vancouver. We don't have that much here." And yet she finds them, and she'll find them, and we're just like, "See." Um, but she's she's always feels to us. Amber and I have worked with her a few times now, and she's she's just one of us, and we just feel like very very taken care of. I family. have two questions about recasting, real quick. So the first one, I don't know if we're gonna have to cut out or not, but why was Abigail recasted? Like, is there a reason? 
Yeah, so it was it was a pretty simple reason. I mean, Kelsey, who was the actress that we cast in the first place, it, in the in the pilot, it was it was Kelsey and Ashley were the, our top two, and we went with Kelsey because Kelsey has this inner strength that is undeniable, and she just had that like mm-hmm. boss bitch oh, yeah. kind of thing that that you need for Abigail that that you just don't. There's no there's there's no denying it. Um, and then when they shot the pilot. She just didn't have the other aspect of Abigail that was just like a seductress, a little bit more of like a player. Um, and she just she just didn't have it then. I mean, they're all so young. Um, and when we were casting the pilot, Ashley didn't really have the the dominant thing about her. So a year later, when we're recasting it, and like Amber said, Ashley went through a year of life, and it just brought her that much. She became that much stronger of an actor. And so then after that year, she wound up having all of the traits we were looking for. Um, but that's really all I came down to. Like Kelsey's a fantastic, I, I, we cast her in Babysitter's Club also with Tiffany, but um, but she's a fantastic actress. I recommend her all the time as anything shooting in Vancouver. <laughs> and we know there's a lot shooting in Vancouver. Yes. But yeah, uh, she's so busy. Yeah. Have time. yeah, like Tiffany's so busy. She doesn't have time to cast other things that we need casting directors in Vancouver for. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's excellent for business, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of like the actor, like maybe not. Um, I'm not. I don't want to say like living up to the role, but like not being like the perfect fit once you start filming. Um, mm-hmm. Taylor had talked about how she f- basically almost lost the part during filming because like she couldn't find Rael. And then at one point, hmm. I forget where I was going with this. I'm so sorry. Hold on. I know, I know what you're talking about. Um, that, like in her head, like she didn't, couldn't find it. Yeah. Like, like she had trouble. Yeah. I know what the question is. Yeah. She, she was saying basically like she, she was having trouble finding like the rail, I think that was in the script. And so um, she was afraid she was going to be recast. So we're just kind of curious, like in general, like, why do actors typically need to be recast and like how does that affect things well oftentimes what they do is they'll take a pilot of a an episode of a tv show have you guys ever been to the mgm grand at las vegas and you're walking like out to the pool to the left side you'll see like this big screening room and what they'll do is they'll have just like tourists stop in there and they'll play them an episode of a pilot of a show and then there's a questionnaire that plays after it where you fill out like Who's your favorite character? What did you like about this character? What did you not like about this character? And things like that. And I'm not saying that that's this case, what happened here, but I know that they do screen the pilot places and sometimes in movie theaters as well. And they'll have the audience talk about what characters they like. And that's happened to Danielle and I on some other projects too, that the audience didn't find a character likable or didn't find them badass enough. Or like if it's a lawyer, like the audience didn't believe them in this, in this position. Um, so we've gotten feedback like that before. Mm-hmm. As far as as Taylor though, that never got to us. So it could also be you know actors have that like insecurity of like always feeling like they're going to get fired because it does happen. And and she did witness mm-hmm. it with the other actress on mm-hmm. the pilot. So that is just one of those innate fears. And also, Rael is was like the lead when we were going into this series. It's the three of them, but it was. It was really Raelle's story to start, so I, I get that feeling of like not feeling like you're you're fully encompassing it and bringing it in that responsibility, you know that she, that she has of of being the leader of of the team. It's all it's, it also sounds kind of like exactly and like how she felt like an outcast um, in, the, in the pilot. The already okay, Caitlin and I are unfortunately afflicted with ADHD, so our, our <laughs> memories aren't that great. But Theora, do you remember, because I remember her talking about, I think it was just something like that she felt in, like in herself, not anything like official. Yeah, it was, it was psychological. Yeah. Like you're saying. Yeah, we never got, we never got wind of it, honestly. Like everybody. If you keep watching the Taylor interview, you'll hear it. So. (laughs) Okay. I'll keep listening. I know she talked about her car accident. Oh gosh. It was a terrible thing last season. That, That was, we were all so nervous for her. Um, but, but thankfully she's, she's, she's okay. But yeah, I can't, I can't imagine going through that. And that's not, I, don't, I think that's not even her first accident on a set that she's had to deal with. 
I think um, she said she had five on yeah, set. Yeah, it's it's a thing. It's a thing. You're, it's it's crazy. She does a lot of action. And stuff, she says, so. and that's why she's not doing stunts anymore. <laughs> Caitlin, what'd you say about what'd you say? You said five. What? I think she's had five incidents on set concussions. Jesus, yeah. I believe that's what uh, she said. Was it? Out of uh, seven. She said seven. She said seven, seven in total, and then five set. on set. I just, her poor little brain. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, not. No wonder the last one really got her. Um, I was just going to ask, like, about um, casting children yes. as aside from adults, and like, how different is it? Like, because, like, how much do you coach them, or like, do you just let them go? Well, adults. Um, let their heads get in the way a lot of times where kids are fearless. They'll try anything. They don't have a preconceived idea about something oftentimes. So casting kids is really fun because you can tell them a redirect and they'll just do it. Whereas an adult oftentimes will think like, why am, why are they having me redirect? Did they not like what I just did? Like, do they want to see something different where kids like, cool. Okay. You want me to do like, like I'm Superwoman? Great. You know, like they'll just take the note and, um, and it's, it's awesome to see that. I also think um, we don't necessarily, I, I don't ever like to tell a child how to say a line or do a line. That's called like a line reading. But I like to tell them things like, um, if this were happening to you, like, what would you say? And what Danielle was saying earlier about putting things in your own words with kids, a lot of times we have them put things in their own words because a lot of people that write these television shows and movies you walk on, work on with casting young kids is they haven't been a kid in like 30, 40 years. They don't know how they talk. And kids talk differently. They have different words that they say that are slang and cool and whatnot. And so oftentimes we'll have them put them in their own words and go back and use the writer's words. And then so it helps them bring even more of themselves to the scene. Instead of like coaching them, it makes them bring their point of view to it, which is um, super fun. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We do, we cast a lot of kids. We do a lot of uh, coming of age shows and kids shows too, so. It is do you have to deal process. with any crazy parents? Um, we, we had a guy, that. we won't say the show or who it was, but he wouldn't let his kid eat solid foods on shoot days because he didn't want him to have a bowel movement. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Good Lord. Mm -hmm. That parent was, I was asked mm -hmm. to leave actually. <laughs> Good. Oh <my> <laughs> can they, can. <laughs> he would also give the nine-year-old, the kid was like nine or 10 years old. He would give him Red Bull. Oh, what? No. no. <laughs> Our creator of the show had to be like, can you please not do that? Because the other nine-year-olds, 10-year-olds, whatever, are being like, why can't right. I have a Red Bull? <laughs> oh, my awful. gosh. It's hard because we, we try to vet it. We try to, like, but there's only, everyone's on their best behavior when they're auditioning, so... We'll, we'll do our best to try to vet it. We did it actually with Babysitter's Club because we, we had to recast the role and um, we did it all on Zoom. And so we were like, all right, can you can you bring your parent into the Zoom? Can, you, can we see, can we meet your, your guardian or parent? And everybody was lovely. <laughs> so we, we try, we try to ask. This is my favorite here. story similar to that. We were auditioning a pilot for a kids network and we were in there with the creator and we'd auditioned the girl and the mom came in and asked the creator if she wanted autographed pictures and CDs of her daughter. Remember that? What? Uh-huh. Yeah. This Why? Kid, and, uh, <laughs> he just, I don't know. She was a big fan of her kid, which is awesome to was be. Was the kid well-known at all? Really, what's that? Was the kid even like well-known? Like, have they been in things? No. <laughs> We didn't know who they were until they came in to read. They'd sent in a tape. We liked the tape. And then they flew in from Houston, Texas, to do this, this work session with our, the creator. And we do, we do work sessions sometimes with the creators of the show before we go to the network or the studio. And so it was that type of situation. And, um, yeah, I remember that was, like, my favorite one. Because it was this conversation that just, as this woman kept talking, she just kept digging deeper and deeper. And I was like, oh, my gosh, if this kid was ever even in the running, they're not anymore, you know? Oh, that's so sad. Mm -hmm. She wasn't like that. It wasn't going to be her job anyways. But yeah. Well, all right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, we got good stories. We need to do it. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I just want to talk to you guys for hours. <laughs> just, <laughs> just for the stories. Yeah, I think you could make your own podcast at this point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You could. <laughs> A casting podcast. 
no one would think it was interesting because they couldn't, they wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to say people's names. I don't know. I think yeah. it was interesting not knowing the names even. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people could Google it with enough and like deduce who. who uh, that's it. true. We'll yeah. we'll do we'll do it we'll do it. <gasps> yeah. Oh! Yes. There's this yeah. other. There you there go, Caitlin. Happily. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap up. Thank you both for taking the time to talk to us and sharing your insight and expertise. And we just want to know if you have any final words for the listeners before we wrap everything up. Um, thank you. First of all, those are like the number one words. Thank you guys, you three, and also all the listeners, because the show is so special and it's so nice to, to hear that, that other people see it too. Um, and see how special it is because it, it really, she turned her camera off, uh, auto sleep forever, like already. And it still does it. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of all I, all I'd say. We we would love to leave it at because I I love I love a strong fan base and people that are like minded and understand um, understand the message and and the world that mm -hmm. Elliot created. Um, can we keep you, you forever? Can. Not just not just because of that, but because like talking to you has been like amazing in general oh. and the information. Oh. I mean, because this is like one of the most interesting things to me is casting so amazing oh us yeah. too thank we you we're, we're gonna keep it so we'll yeah can we just be like a monthly time. happy hour online <laughs> 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 just yeah. updates like i'll be like so where's the episodes for me to edit come on <laughs> nice. <laughs> awesome. amazing well thank you guys so yes, much thank you so much Awesome. Thank, you, Thank you for having us. Thank you. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all of our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. And please subscribe and like all the things. If you happen to be listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review, no matter how brief. This is what Apple uses in their algorithm to uh, help us gain a wider audience. So please, please, please help us out. Yes. And please feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you about everything and anything. And if we like it, we'll probably give you a shout out on the air. You can find us at all the things. Twitter at Big Gay Energy Pod, Tumblr, Big Gay Energy Pod, Instagram, Big Gay Energy Pod, or you can email us at biggayenergypod at gmail.com. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for lesbian Jesus. <laughs>